0: Welcome to Technology Beats in Education. Today's episode will be a summary of Kathleen Kopp's 2015 work, Integrating Technology into the Curriculum. Along with the summary, I'll be writing key takeaways that I will work to incorporate into my learning experiences that I am building for my Education 638 course at Landry University. Let's get started. Chapter one, Today's Technology for Tomorrow's Classrooms. This chapter introduces the reader to the International Society of Technology and Education, which is an association for educators who want to excel in effectively using technology within teaching and learning. It reflects on the technological advances that have enhanced the classroom over the years and made permanent residency within the digital classroom. It encourages teachers to move beyond just having technology present to integrating it into students' workflows, Providing a few examples to get the reader to understand the possibilities. The expectations of students' ability to use technology in their everyday lives is increasing rapidly, proving the need to provide them with opportunities to use it in their educational experiences. The chapter rounds out with benefits and challenges of integrating technology in the classroom for students and educators. Three takeaways from this chapter that I will consider as I work through my learning experiences in the coming weeks come from the suggestions for the advancement of the four C's, critical thinking, communication, collaboration, and creativity. Within information literacy, each of these four C's are valuable to the student experience. I appreciated the following suggestions for building critical thinking of students by having them quote unquote, evaluate a website for its validity, reliability, and accuracy or having students quote unquote, compare two or more websites on one topic and identify one site as more useful than the other, citing reasons. And this can be found within the work on page 19. Suggestions to quote unquote, use a wiki or cloud-based storage option for students to collaborate on a research project is another idea I think might be useful in my learning experiences for students to work on collaboration. This was found on page 20. The third suggestion that I've been pondering as a possible approach to my learning experiences was suggested by the author to use technology for the advancement of creativity, which was to quote unquote, use digital or multimedia options to design and create a book review. And this was found on page 22. I think I would modify this a little, but consider this idea. So moving on to chapter two, technology and curriculum standards for teachers and students. This chapter introduces the reader to curriculum standards within the classroom and shares that some states, schools, or school districts integrate their technology standards within the curriculum standards, whereas others keep them separated. The author stresses the importance of educators being aware of the expectations and standards that are set forth by their setting when it comes to technology integration. The highlight of this chapter to me was the Integrated Technology Lesson Plans. Section and the reminder that providing the students an opportunity to reflect on their learning experience is important. The following statement from Cobb summed up the expectation of teachers when it comes to a learning experience. And this is a direct quote: as with all good lesson design, teachers want to quote, hook their leader, learners directly teach students the necessary skills, provide opportunities for exploration and practice, scaffold and support learning as needed, and have an effective evaluation or assessment plan. And this was page 49 within the text. The first takeaway from this chapter that I will consider includes finding ways to engage students in exploring real world issues and solving authentic problems using digital tools and resources. And that was found on page 35 within the book. I am thinking to slightly modify this suggestion found in the application of standards for coaches to quote-unquote model an interactive whiteboard lesson with a class. And that was on page 41. I think I could possibly use an application like Padlet or Google Jamboard to accomplish this. The third takeaway was mentioned in my previously highlighted section of the chapter about providing an opportunity for students to reflect on their learning experience. So chapter three, technology to support literacy instruction in English language arts. This chapter focuses on technology's ability to support literacy instruction in English language arts. The author stresses the importance of students developing literacy skills throughout their educational journey and within their everyday life and the role that technology can play in the development of these skills. This chapter also highlights the importance of information literacy skills to be incorporated into the education curriculum. This made my heart sing with my focus on information literacy. One of the takeaways from this chapter that includes the side note from the author that stresses that integrating technology into the curriculum requires attention to several factors when planning to use technology within learning experiences, including the type of hardware or software available, internet access, and the student's ability to use the technology proposed. Incorporating technology like VoiceThread into the discussion boards and the course website is a way to have students provide their summaries and reflections of coursework using technology that I found helpful in this chapter. The final takeaway from this chapter is the use of podcasts as a way for students to interact with the course materials. This could be the mode of delivery for brief sections of the course content, or a way for students to provide reflections on the course material. Chapter 4 Technology to Support Content Area Instruction. Chapter, this chapter gives insights to how technology is already being used to support instruction in a variety of content areas like mathematics, social studies, science, art, music, and physical education. The author also touches on the use of technology for early childhood education as well. I was a little surprised that I hadn't realized how much technology has become a staple within our educational setting because of its prevalence in our everyday lives. Throughout the chapter, examples of using online educational gaming as part of the learning experience was mentioned. Again, like the previous chapter, media and research or information literacy was highlighted. In this section, the author talked about using databases and virtual libraries as places for students to learn the skills necessary to evaluate sources within safe environments. My first takeaway from this chapter includes providing fun online games as a way to review or summarize the material to keep students engaged in the learning process. Under the content areas of art and social studies, the author suggested using digital collections within museums, archives and other historical websites as a way for students to engage with primary sources. This is a skill that students learning the research process will benefit from. I need to look at trying to incorporate these sources into one of my learning experiences to show students the vast digital world available to them. My final takeaway from this chapter is the advice to allow students to collaborate with scientists. With access to professionals in a chosen field through email and virtual meeting apps, Students can collaborate with a variety of professionals outside of the classroom. This discussion brings to mind the idea of students reaching out to scholars in related fields related to their research projects. Chapter 5, Online Applications to Extend Learning and Thinking. This chapter encourages educators to look to the internet for an infinite possibility of resources to aid in finding classroom materials, as well as providing an opportunity for students to enhance their ability to navigate using technology to locate information and research needs. The author covered flipped classrooms, virtual and or indoor distance learning, and using social networking sites, blogs and videos, and other online publishing tools to promote interaction and communication among the students within a class, across a school district, or even around the world. The author expands on the discussion of interactive games and activities and even stimula- simulations to bring in fun experience to learning experience. This chapter discusses the need to set clear guidelines and expect- expectations for students when they interact with the online publishing and communication tools like soft- social networking and blogs. My first takeaway from this chapter is considering a flipped classroom approach for in-person sessions which allow the students or learners to interact with the materials before coming into the classroom for a more hands-on experience. This is something I have already been considering incorporating into the one-shot information literacy sessions I provide now. The second takeaway from this chapter is the inclusion of videos within the lessons. There are so many great videos already created on topics that I teach, so why not lean on the expertise of others to bring variations into the learning experiences for my students? My third takeaway is finding ways to use blogs or wikis like mentioned earlier in the chapter to increase students' communication skills as well as collaboration through group or class projects to build on these types of tools. Chapter six, moving beyond Computers. The computer covers technology beyond the computer. Excuse me. This chapter covers technology beyond the computer. The author includes classroom technologies like interactive whiteboards, document cameras, wireless projection systems, student response systems like clickers, and mobile devices. Small technology tools like webcams, wireless keyboards, and mice, video recording, and photo capturing devices speakers and microphones, poster printers, and e-readers or tablets. Each of these can be used to enhance the use of technology within the classroom. This chapter makes the reader step back and consider the bigger picture when it comes to integrating technology into the classroom. The topics in this chapter made me consider what technology besides a laptop or a tablet that I may need to encourage students to have to enhance their learning experiences. My first takeaway from this chapter has me reflecting back on an in-person session I provided to a group of chemistry majors that involved a digital escape room. While students worked independently through the digital escape room, they would watch videos as a way to learn some of the information. I did not think to provide or request students to use headphones for the session. Having students playing and replaying videos to find the clues for the escape room was a little overwhelming and definitely loud. Takeaways include having students use their mobile devices to interact with apps and understand how to access the information that's available to them. This is most likely where they will be doing a lot of their information seeking behaviors, so why not let them explore how their mobile devices can be used to seek information appropriately. The final takeaway for this chapter is to consider that just because the technology is out there does not mean that you will be able to immediately incorporate it into the learning experience. Chapter seven. This chapter introduces the reader to assistive technologies, which are tools that can enhance a student with special needs learning experience. The author focuses this chapter on assistive technology for students with communication needs technology that can support English language learners and other instructional needs of students. Even though these technologies will help students with special needs, they can also improve the experience for all students. These technologies can include word processing software, alternative keyboards, speech to text tools, portable communicator devices, electronic translators and dictionaries, and digital learning media to provide alternatives to traditional print learning materials takeaways from this chapter make me think about UDL, Universal Design for Learning guidelines, and that educators need to consider all known and possibly unknown needs of students when building their courses. My first takeaway comes from the highlighted box on pages 134 and 135, which speaks of Michael Morgan's 2008 cautionary comments to teachers about not overloading, quote unquote, students with too much digital power. again this was found on page 134. My second takeaway is a reminder to step back and think about the objectives of a lesson rather than the number of technology tools I can integrate into the lesson. Technology is used to enhance the learning experience rather than be the learning experience. My final takeaway for this chapter is to provide audio and visual instructions instructional support within my course materials not only for the students that may have a physical impairment, but also to help those that learn using different modes of delivery. So chapter eight is assessment in the digital age. This chapter focuses on assessment within the digital age. It provides an overview of the different types of assessments used. Formative assessments are used to inform instruction. These are typically pre-tests and formal check-ins that are not graded, but rather used to guide the lesson. Summative assessments, follow an instruction session and are used to determine if the students were able to walk away with the knowledge or skill that was intended from the lesson. The author provides examples of how technology is being used to provide these two types and goes into detail about the advantages and disadvantages of using online assessments. Next up in the chapter the author discusses project-based assessments. This type of assessment requires the students to demonstrate knowledge and skills by designing, planning, and producing some instructional based outcome, usually done with some form of multimedia project design. The chapter rounds out with a discussion of evaluating students using rubrics. It gives examples of this type of evaluation as well as benefits to using a rubric for evaluation. My takeaways from this chapter start off with the idea of doing pre-tests and exit tickets to get a feel for the student's knowledge before and after the learning experience. The second takeaway is to be sure to consider the seven essential components of project-based learning that are highlighted on page 152 within the book. They include need to know, driving question, student voice and choice, 21st century skills, inquiry and innovation, feedback and revision, and a publicly presented product. The final takeaway from this chapter is the generic examples for using project-based assessment. I think incorporating several of these into the learning experience as a final output would be a great idea. I think I'll be sure to provide a couple of options that allow the students to be creative, but also comfortable with how they have to present the product. Giving the student an object, uh, excuse me, an option to choose between a visual representation of the learning or an auditory representation allows them to feel comfortable in their learning experience. Chapter nine, classroom management tips and strategies. This chapter focuses on some overall tips and strategies for classroom management. This chapter covers topics like lesson plans, video lessons, grading, assessments, and data analysis, communications, and managing classroom behaviors with the assistance of technology. The author explored the benefits to using technology to aid with these day-to-day routine tasks of teaching. My first and second takeaway from this chapter was the idea of creating a classroom blog, website, or wiki as a landing page for all communications. I think for my learning experiences in this course, I'll use my Google site as the landing page for all communications. I will also incorporate a wiki or discussion area for students to be able to publicly communicate with me and their classmates about things relevant to the course. The final takeaway I found within this chapter is consider is to consider building in a digital positive motivators. I know that digital badges have gone up and down in popularity, But with these six lessons, it might be beneficial to gamify. Not sure if that's even a word, but we'll go with it. Gamify them with badges for completion. The final chapter, chapter 10, professional development to strengthen technology integration. The final chapter of this book focuses on professional development to strengthen technology integration. I'm a self-proclaimed lifelong learner. I was excited to see this topic covered. The chapter covered professional development needs assessments, how to utilize resources focusing on logistics, professional development plans, and ways to obtain professional development. My takeaways from this chapter revolve around being intentional about my professional development. I like the idea of a technology-focused professional development needs assessment. Sometimes I think I go and go and go and do not plan out what I need to get to my future goals when it comes to professional development. I think spell out my needs would be step one. Step two and my second takeaway would involve creating a professional development plan for what I want to accomplish and then locating the opportunities to make that happen. The final takeaway I would say I got from this chapter is the professional learning communities. This is something that I have been wanting to focus on more and become more intentional about being involved in a small network of like educators. So thank you for tuning in to today's Technology Beats in Education podcast. I hope you walk away with some takeaways yourself as you move forward with your teaching and learning opportunities. And this was all pulled from Kathleen Cope's Integrating Technology into the Curriculum, which was published in 2015.